With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 477 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by Stephen Kyle Brackey, who's living in that quasi-quarantine life. We get out three times a week. Yeah, we have a hall pass. We have a hall pass. Good behavior. We, have, <laughs> we describe it as diplomatic immunity. We literally have legal documentation that says we can drive to work. Um, essential life. And the equally essential, Ben Askren. Ben, how are you doing? I, I don't even leave three times a week. Wow. That's because you're, when you're trying to build a zoo, you don't have a lot of time for an <laughs> extracurricular <laughs> trip or anything like that. This, ben is, is true. Hey! B- what? I have a successful chicken zoo at my house. <laughs> chicken zoo? <laughs> well, congrats on that. Congrats on the chicken zoo. Thank you. But we have another special guest, and if you haven't noticed, it's it's kind of Mako week here at Flow, and as luck would have it, we happen to work alongside a man that competed. You could say, you know, iron sharpens iron. Maybe we don't have the Steve Mako story without Andrew Spey and Steve Mako training sessions. So I've heard a yeah. lot. Spey is is uh, described some of these sessions a little bit, but I've. We, th- we thought it'd be a great idea if he came on here and explained about his experience wrestling with Steve Mako. And, um, yeah, so let's, let's start with that. Maybe set the stage a little bit, Andrew Spey. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, good to be here. Uh, I do believe that is correct, that Mako probably does not make the Olympics uh, <laughs> if there wasn't the, that training session. I was actually two non-consecutive training sessions over the course of my <laughs> high school career and his development. Um so yeah, the very first one happened, uh, this would be like mid, mid-90s, 97 or so. Uh, I'm going into my sophomore year at high school in North Jersey. Uh, I'm just starting to go to like private clubs, so not just either middle school or high school practice. Uh, so I'm just getting into that whole like training multiple times a week and uh, sometimes two practices a day. Um, but I'm feeling good. I had a good freshman year, uh, started at high school. 
And so I'm going to this club, and uh, as people, uh, I wasn't that big. I was probably 150, 160 pounds uh, back then. But even then, you know, finding practice partners was a little more difficult than the uh, lighter guys. They seemed to uh, go to uh, club practices more, so I'd end up having to wrestle guys that were like 130, 140 pounds. Uh, And then started going to a club called the NJAC. I'm not sure if it's still there, New Jersey Athletic Club, but Chris Kafari was the a uh, guy that ran that, um, and it was a it was a good club. I was only there for about one summer, uh, maybe a little overlapping into the uh, fall too. But uh, uh, showed the practice a bunch of times, and then one day we get uh, there's a new guy in the uh, in the practice room, and and I feel good because he's a upper weight too, maybe a little bit bigger than me, but uh, we're a comparable size, so we can start drilling, we can start doing stuff. Um, and you want me to just go right into how this practice went, right? I want to know how this practice went, but, but who is this young man you're wrestling with? Right. So I didn't know who it was yet, but apparently it was a very young Stephen Mako. How young were we um, talking? Nine? Yeah, how young? Well, I, I don't know. that. It, this is a good part of the story is when I find out how old he is. Got it. Okay. It's, don't uh, ruin it. I'm trying not to skip ahead. It's a, Yeah, it's kind of like the, the – not really a punchline, but um, – so we're practicing and, uh, you know, I've never met this guy before, but – uh, you know, we start doing live goes and uh, I just I feel like a kick out. My foot goes flying and I land right on my butt and <laughs> slam. And all right, pick myself up. I'm not used to getting foot swept, but I'm like, all right, there's that move. So we keep drilling, keep practicing <laughs> more live goes. And boom, every time I get up, as soon as I think like I'm in a good position, like he times his perfect foot sweep and I land on my butt. That happens like maybe <laughs> like two dozen times. Like It's like I'm sore at that point. Wait, now, hold on, hold on. Two dozen Steve Mako foot swept you twenty four times. Two. I mean, that's what it felt like. It was. It was probably less. I mean, you know, I don't. You know, there's no videotape. Although my dad might have some videotape. He'd love to videotape. Why didn't you shoot like a little um, single or something? I, that was. A, that's a good question. Uh, that's probably came up in in the practice from from the uh, coach and everybody. But it was one of those things where it was like halfway through this practice, I'm like, all right. I'm not gonna get land. I'm not gonna get tossed on my butt anymore. Like I know this foot sweep is coming. It's no problem. I got it. I'm just gonna move. Boom! Right immediately, right down again. Like every time I thought I had this thing figured out. So I'm all right. I'm getting my butt kicked constantly. Like literally getting my butt kicked. Practice finally ends, and we're we're changing shoes or whatever. And I look at this guy. I'm like, he's got like a little bit of a mustache, you know, like a young guy's mustache coming in, yeah. and, and I feel like we're pretty, you know, whatever. I'm like, man, this guy's gonna be good. I gotta I gotta learn who this guy is. What high school? I'm like, hey, uh, Steve, well, what, what high school do you go to, dude? And he just looks at me and he kind of smiles and just goes, oh, I'm in middle school. Oh, no, no high school for me. So this oh, is an eighth grader that shows up and I'm just like thinking like, all right, I'm going to get good at wrestling. I'm going to go to all these practices. I'm going to like commit to this sport. And uh, an eighth grader just beats me all up and down this match, just absolutely thrashes me uh, to the point where I have zero chance of like doing anything against them. So that was a little bit of a blow to my self-esteem right there in that practice room. Um, I ended up seeing him at a different club called uh, Peak. Uh, Wally Muhammad was the coach there, practiced at St. Benedict's, uh, and he was at St. Benedict's for a little while before I went to Blair. And um, I'm sure he won't recognize me now, but uh, he remembered me from that butt kicking he laid on me when I was in middle school. Uh, so and then and then I got to follow, you know, and then I learned about him and everything, and following his career is really cool. And being like, yeah, that guy beat me up in, in high school, and there I'm seeing him, you know, get on the Olympic team and all that stuff. So St. So Benedict's, um, you go there, and he sees you. He's like, oh, I remember I foot swept this guy around 20, 
around 24 times several years ago. Did he say 24 times? Yeah. He's it's like of all the guys that I foot swept, like definitely remember doing it to that guy too. Yes. So was he like, Hey, I remember you. So let's drill together. He's like, Hey, I remember you. And I kind of know how this goes. So let me uh, find another partner. I think it was, uh, uh, you know, he was like, they, he was like showing up at practice at that practice, like kind of as a favor. And there was only still so many, Upper weight guys at that point. I had I had uh, I moved up to about 171 pounds at that point, and he was probably a good 200 or whatever. Oh wow! Um, so but it was more on. like, Hold hey, on. didn't you go to? What's up? Was was there was there a small talk going on between you and Steven or no? Uh it was more just like, hey, didn't you go to NJAC at one point a couple times? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember you, something like that. And that that was pretty much the extent of it. Ben, do you have do you ever uh, drill around with with Mako when you were on the Olympic team with him? Uh, no, never. But I, the other thing I I feel bad for Spay is he was you say it was a blow to your ego, but then at the same time I believe he won like a national title around that around that age, right? Eighth grade or whatever. Didn't that, he? Yeah, that, what, that I Fargo or okay. right Spay. Yeah, that but that was in the dark ages of of wrestling media, right? So he probably did win Fargo and like every you know if if you followed it closely enough. But I didn't uh, at that point. I wasn't getting whatever it was Win Magazine USA Wrestler, or I did get them. They they showed up in the, but I didn't think to put the two and two together or look them up. Um, it was only uh, when I think when he started going to college that I really knew that he was like that good. So the blow oh, of the Eagles really? really just when I thought he was just a middle schooler or whatever, but I don't remember thinking like, oh, Mako, he's going to kill everybody when he gets to college or he's getting recruited here or there. It was, I mean, even though it was, you know, my life surrounded by wrestling all the time, I didn't get that idea. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't get that big picture of like how good he was yet until he started winning like a national championship. What sort of vulnerabilities did you feel in Steve when you put your hands on him? Where was he weak? <laughs> Well, I had like uh, our JV coach would say when we had like a mismatch and he would say like, I'll be honest with you, you do have a chance against this wrestler. However, you're going to need that two by four and you're going to have to sneak attack and surprise him and get him a couple good whacks on the head before you actually step on the mat. So that's where I feel like I would would be able to find an advantage there. Now, another thought I I had, um, Andrew, is that your dad's name is Steve. And is there possibly that psychologically you thought you were wrestling your dad and you could not get in the right headspace to defeat your own father, therefore you could not defeat Steve Mako? Is that is that maybe what happened? That's a good point. I don't think – I can't remember a time now that I'm thinking back where I ever beat a Steven. So maybe it was like I was not at that maturity level where I was ready to – to you know usurp or you know get into the whole psychological aspect of it but that's a pretty good point i haven't thought about that but looking back that may have been the reason why i could not figure out a way to to you know reach mako's level at least when we were drilling that's probably what happened um i think so ben do you have any follow-up questions for for andrew uh you want to hear my one funny mako story from a college kid of course Okay, so we had this college kid. He was actually from Wisconsin. I helped him get recruited to Missouri. And uh, he had to start as a true freshman because we had – I can't remember what happened. But we had nobody else. And he he swore the scariest moment of his life is when the Star Wars music came on in Oklahoma State and Mako came running out. And of <laughs> oh, course, my God. <laughs> that it, was, uh, it was a 30-second foot sweep pin. Um 
And then Coach Smith yelled at him for being scared. And then he yelled at the Missouri we, you know, we, guy for being scared. <laughs> After he got pinned. Yeah. So then, so then the kid says, "As a way to get back at Coach Smith, we, you know, we had one of those like we call them rock star buses where we had the beds and the couches and everything." He said, it, oh, it, "You weren't allowed to take a crap on the rock star bus." And uh, yeah, yeah, Brian Smith. And uh, he took a crap on the Rockstar bus, which was uh, the bathroom was up front by Coach Smith. And he said that was his way of getting back at Coach Smith for yelling at him after getting pinned by Mako when he was fearing for his life. <laughs> I thought, man, I, for a moment I was like, why would John Smith yell at the Missouri guy for being scared? I was like, geez, just rub salt in the wound, Justin. But Brian, that makes more sense. But yeah, that's the ultimate revenge. Yeah. That's yeah. the revenge on everyone. He really, <laughs> he really showed him. Spay, uh, Mako, you know, throughout the film says every time he wrestled someone, he wanted to make sure they never wanted to wrestle him again. Did you feel that after the first time? Yeah, literally middle school Mako made me not want to <laughs> wrestle him again. Like, I was so like not sore from like like the normal muscles after wrestling. Like my butt, my cheeks were sore <laughs> from landing on him because I was not prepared to deal with getting oh just smashed onto it. The foot sweep was not like a move that I saw a bunch. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not exactly routine. Are we getting any questions from Facebook? Uh, no. Okay. Wait, wait so was he just cutting you, or was this a take that was only practice? I, I'm confused if I, why he wasn't maybe on top of you or anything. Yeah, I, I don't remember, you know, the details super, super well, but it was like, you know, we were drilling, yeah, drilling takedowns or something, and uh, just as soon, like, the the memory that sticks out is just being like, all right, I know this stupid foot sweep is coming, like, <laughs> It's it's okay. I this is what he does now. I got the hang of it. I figure I know what's going on. And as soon as I would feel just a little bit as secure about how I'm going to stop it, or maybe go on the attack or something, or gain an advantage in a position, it was like boom! I get planted immediately. All like right. he was already had that feel of like where the momentum and everything was going. Well, you've gone a lot, uh, a great job of furthering the Steve Mako mystique. Uh, I can imagine <laughs> him being a middle schooler and beating down um, older young men that all maps to the Mako legend. Um, any other Mako questions for, for Andrew Spey oh. before we let him go and thank him for his time? No, I, I don't think so. All right. But my question is, Ben, when did you start really embarrassing older uh, older guys? Because this is what it felt like for me. So as a fellow Olympian on that uh, team. Uh, Almost never because I was, uh, you know, I was super young. I didn't graduate high school till 17. I didn't hit physical maturity till college. So I wasn't that good till I got to college. Uh, I don't really remember. I don't think remember embarrassing anybody, unfortunately. Hmm. Damn it. Same. We're the yeah. same on that regard. Wow. <laughs> Pin Askren and Andrew. You got that coming. in a pod. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, Andrew, thanks for hopping on. Good morning to you. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll see you, see you in Slack. We won't see you in face to face, and that's uh, a great disappointment. But one day soon. Yes. Thank thanks for, for having me. Uh, happy to tell stories of Mako just absolutely thrashing me. Yes. And we're thankful for them. Thank you, Andrew. See you guys. Okay. So, <laughs> Mako Mania, baby. Uh, he was your main, uh, like, uh, running partner at back on the Olympic team days. You two were like the wait, wait. going distance runs together. 
Yeah, but, but about the same speed. Dan, Daniel was with us when he wanted to slack <laughs> off. Um, yeah, oh I mean, Steve was such a nice. You know, he obviously has that gruff exterior, but when you get to know him, he's just he's so nice, uh, and he's so funny. And mo- you know, most people don't get to see that side of him. What what did, what happened with his MMA career? Did, was he not going to go and fight and stuff? I, it feels no, he did. I think he was seven and one, and he lost the one time, and the guy was pretty solid. And it, I, I think maybe he just didn't really want to do it. Uh, you know, oh. he was obviously older than me because he didn't he wrestle to 2012, I believe. Yeah, That's he didn't take his effing shoes off. That's when he didn't take his shoes off. <laughs> do you remember that? I love Steve Mako. Yeah. So uh, let's see. His first fight was November of 2012. So yeah. I, I feel like he probably waited too long because at, at that point he would have been 2012. He would have been 31 or 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a little too late to start. That's a long road. To learn I hear he fight. kills everyone at America Top Team in grappling, though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That, that they makes say sense. He's so good. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, hey, r- quick programming note. They're going to have the dude who pieced up the kidnapper in New Mexico on the on Bader's show later today. So, so make sure I beat you, you guys that. to it. I already, I already talked to him, Piles. Scooped you. Well, that's okay. That's okay. You can scoop us uh, all you want. Well, uh, we're happy yeah. to have him on. Hey, let, let I him see them. Us. Hey, there we go. This is nice. We got the- he, was, he was a really nice, he was a really nice kid. Um, he didn't really think his actions were... Anything all that or out of the ordinary, but I think I think they were. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think yeah. they were out of the ordinary. I mean, he went back in there. It wasn't like it was like happening, and he had to like stand up for himself. He like sought out the conflict. Yes. Out yeah, he was actually. He actually told me he was he was across the street, and he saw it happening. So he was at there was two gas stations. He drove from one to the other, and then went inside and you know held the guy down. Is Space still on the call? You not hanging out? Still. I can hear him typing away. Hey, <laughs> oh, stop creeping I, on our show. I, uh, hey, I think we should give some love to Spencer Lee before we do anything else. We didn't really talk about him yeah, too much go, yesterday when he that. won the Hodge. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, you know, he's so good that he was able to win the Hodge without winning a national title. That's pretty impressive. Never, never been done before. Right. Is it too early for that joke? I've just seen it. Literally, everyone thinks they're the first person to think of that. I've had I've had probably 40, 40 uh, of the FRL questions are, is Spencer the first guy to win the Hodge without winning NCAAs? Damn it. Okay. Yeah. Not funny. Okay. Um, I think the chances he would have won uh, were like 99%. I mean, I, do, I don't feel like he was losing at Nationals. Although it is really annoying that we never got to see him against anyone – I guess he wrestled pitch, but we didn't see him against Glory or Jack Mueller this year. Um, so not, you know, not the best guys, unfortunately, because the Nationals got pulled. Uh, but I think he's easily the most dominant. I can't believe five people didn't vote for him. I, I don't really see the argument for Gable in any way, shape, or form. Besides, maybe he wrestled a little better competition. That would be the only argument. He did face better competition, but... Um, I think based on all the criteria, if you add them up and stack rank the ones that uh, Spencer had the advantage, um, it was it was pretty clearly Spencer. And we don't worry, Nomad's on the case. We're gonna have him assemble and lead a task force finding the five um, Spencer Lee not voters 
and uh, he'll deliver justice in his own nomad way. And believe me, it's he's gonna get medieval with it. Yeah, I I didn't actually think it was competitive. So when I emailed back my vote, I just put number one Spencer Lee, and then they they emailed me back and said, "Can you please fill out two through four? And it's like <laughs> oh that doesn't really freak it. It doesn't matter. This time it doesn't matter because it's not competitive. Can you just not be that good? Just follow the instructions. It's very simple. I, they have the finalists <laughs> for you, Ben. You got one. Just put in three names. Who do you think it would be? One, Spencer. Two, Gable. I think three, I Collins. did. I think I did Gable, Colin, Deacon was the, the next three I put on. Yes. You know, Gable actually didn't even get a first place vote. Who was, was the other one that got the first place one? Colin Deacon? got Colin got three. Deacon got one, and Griffith got one. Hmm. Who voted for Shane Griffith? Whoever voted for Shane Griffith. Shane Griffith got a first you're, place vote. You're done. I'm what? sorry. Turn in your Give iPad. Give me a break. Turn in your iPad. Give I'm us sorry. the pl- Give us the playbook. You're done. Listen, <laughs> Shane Griffith is great. Don't get me wrong, but this man should not be receiving first place Hodge votes. I'm sorry. Seriously. Wow, I'm what sorry. are they thinking? Who is who's a uh, either a Stanford is there a Stanford Ty Hodge winner or a Jersey Hodge vote haver that we can think of that would be so insanely biased? Did anyone could okay maybe it all comes back to Mako. Mako has a Hodge vote. Shane Griffiths <laughs> from Jersey. He said Jersey stand up. I think that's probably what happened. I mean, how uh, God's green earth. Would you vote for Shane Griffith? And again, he's good, but it was almost kind of ridiculous that some of these guys were finalists because had they gone through nationals. I mean, Shane Griffith has a 3-2 win over Shane Jones from Old Dominion. Uh, he's got a decision against Dejon Castro. I don't even know him. He has a 3-2 decision. I was a 5-3 over Josh Shields. 2-1 over Tanner Skidgill. Come on, man. That's, yeah. that's absurd. So well, absurd. There it is. But yes, yeah, Spencer Lee, very deserving winner, although I'm sure he would trade the Hodge for the opportunity to wrestle at NCAAs, and I don't know what's going to soften that blow for him and some of the competitors that they don't get. That opportunity in 2020 is just gone. So real shame, but congrats to him, and uh, maybe he can go back-to-back. We'll see. I mean, think about the the Hodge contenders for next year. Some of the same names will be involved. You have to figure Gable. You have to figure Deacon. And Spencer, and then who else could emerge? Is a, Yan, Yanni's going to come back out? Oh yeah, shirt. Yanni's coming back. Soriano maybe. Uh, Michich will be back in the mix. Michich, It'll be yeah. be a long road for those guys to be Hodge finalists because they'll have to win and probably be undefeated at what's going to be another really tough weight because Dayton's back too. One thirty three yeah. is insane. Um, insane. Give three NCAA finalists coming back. That took Olympic red shirts. Crazy. To add to oh. Sebastian Rivera and RBY and Austin DeSanto. Sebastian Rivera's going to be at 149 before it's all said and done. <laughs> he won't but, stop beating. Well, what's your guys' take on uh, uh, will these guys double Olympic <clears throat> red shirt? Is that possible? What's going to happen? Because obviously it's going to be almost the exact same situation as this year where the Olympic trials is really close to after nationals. So in, in – so for Dayton Fix's case, it's the exact same because he was already qualified for the trials. So like for someone like Yanni or Spencer, they needed to qualify for the trials, right? Yanni was not qualified. He, yeah. he got qualified yeah. at Senior Nationals. Same for Spencer. So really, that is kind of that barrier is eliminated for 
all these guys. All these guys are qualified for the trial. So they could really just say, okay, I'm in. Now I'll just do my D1 season, and then right after it I'll, I'll do trials. Or they could say yeah. the most important thing for me. So I don't know. I tend to believe they will be able to take Olympic redshirts again if they want to do it. That's my That would be so weird. That'll, how weird would that be? Back-to-back Olympic redshirt years. I think it would be very weird. Very weird, but I mean, it's I mean, what's not as weird as not having the 2020 NCAAs, not as weird as the 2020 Olympics happening in 2021. That's way yeah, weirder, I guess. Yeah, wow, uh, yeah, it's gonna be well, you know, what's gonna be interesting too is both Cornell and Michigan used their Olympic red shirts kind of as uh, you know, obviously, those guys had good opportunities to, for example, two Michigan guys are already qualified for the Olympics, but they kind of use it also to load their team up and push past. So Iowa's going to be good for another year. So if Michigan or Cornell wanted to push another year down the road, they could always do that also, right? If they if they got another Olympic red shirt? I suppose, but I don't see any scenario where they do that. Yeah. I think they go for it right now. Well, you, well, you guys just said they might Olympic red shirt again. Oh, I don't think Yanni will. No, but what, what about Michigan? Michich, Massa, Amin, what if they all did? I don't think so. You I don't think, think so. I don't. That's just a. That's just my gut. I think. Yeah. I, I think Michigan's gonna want to go and go next year, and I think they should. So that yeah. that's my feeling. I mean, Stevan and and Amin and uh, all those guys, they could decide they want to, but I think they're gonna want to go and compete and not be out of the college mix for two years. I mean, this would that would be yeah. Stevan Mijic's third Olympic redshirt year. <laughs> Oh my Third. God! How bizarre would that? That would be a record that would never be broken. That would be a record. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, hey, uh, wait, Chris. We have one really, really important question to get to before we leave this topic. Oh, okay. You don't know what it is yet? Not yet. No. Did you tell Caleb? No. I'm gonna. Tell oh, him. what? I'm gonna tell what? him today. I'm gonna tell him today. Oh my God! I'm gonna tell him today. I will. I'll. I'll even. I'll put it on. I'll even record it so you can see it. Oh my! You guys, you should do a secret recording. And oh, but you're so f's, Christian, because he's gonna think it's April Fool's Day, oh, and shoot. Dad's just trying to mess with me. Oh, you're so screwed. <sighs> Dang. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't relish telling my my son bad news. It's gonna make him upset. Um, oh, this is so funny. This is like like in Christian's family. This is on the level of like. Son, grandma, grandma just died. We're going to go to your funeral. That's on the level that this is on. Yeah, except there's no lawsuits when, when grandma passes away. He's going to sue the NCAA. I'm going to have legal bills up to my ears. This guy's, my son is so litigious. It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, he doesn't know. I thought about telling him yesterday. We were just having fun on the trampoline. I was like, you know what? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's another day. What difference does it make? Get this, Joe Caprino just put in the chat, if Michich Olympic redshirts again, he will graduate after Nick Lee, whom he wrestled when Lee was a freshman, and Michich was his senior in high school. <laughs> oh, my word. Go for it. Hey, make oh history, Stevon. Be a history maker. Wow. All right. Good, good. That... Joe, is, Joe has been clutch. Um, yeah. He, he pulled the Todd Yoder stat. Um, lots of good questions. Thank you, Joe. Okay. We got we have we have finals, quarters, and semis to discuss for 41, 49, and fifty-seven. Starting with, and then if you don't know, we're doing the best 
10 wrestlers of the last 10 years at the Wacoff's best eight, actually. And we've whittled it down to the finals at 141 pounds. The final we knew was probably coming. Logan Steber versus Yanni Diakamahas, a current four-timer against a maybe potential four-timer, a current two-timer in Yanni D. Uh, these two have some overlapping sort of results in competition. The, a common thread would be Zane Rutherford, who Yanni's gone back and forth with and who Zane lost or who Logan lost to his first time and then beat twice. But we're going back to 2013, 2014, and then last year for, for Yanni, those competitions. And Folkstyle obviously was, um, you know, where Logan was just uber, uber elite. Not that he wasn't a world champion in freestyle. But I'm going to start. I've been always starting. I want to start with Ben. Um, okay. Give us your thoughts on how this match would go between two well, legends. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, I believe that Facebook, or sorry, Twitter, the other day when I looked, had Yanni winning, and I just don't see it. I mean, here, here's what I see, and you know, Yanni kind of tricked us because he went next level at the U.S. Open last year, where he whooped uh, Molinaro and Jo, and we didn't really see that one coming, but. The NCAA championships, he had a very competitive match with Jay Narman. He nearly lost to Joey McKenna. And I just can't see him beating senior Logan Steber. That Logan Steber was so good. That Logan Steber had a really good bracket, and he beat them all fairly easily. There was none of those matches that were all that competitive. So I just don't think Yanni can get over the hump. I think Logan is too good everywhere. I think he'll get to his legs. I think he will finish, maybe not every time because Yanni's such a good scrammer, but he will finish. And once he gets on top, he's going to uh, lay the hammer down, which is, you know, we haven't really seen that happen to Yanni, but I think Steve was just so good on top that he will ride him. And uh, I don't think he'll turn him, but he'll definitely ride him. Man, I I kind of wonder if he would turn him, you know? I, I think that first Possible. time feeling Logan, I think there's a chance. So I, I maybe tip my hand a little bit there. And I think, you know, if we do this in – Three years or two years after Yanni has reached his full form. Remember, we're talking about a true sophomore Yanni versus a fifth-year senior Logan Steber. So there's a level of maturation that Yanni is not getting to yeah. have achieved yet that Logan did. Yes. Now, remember, sophomore Logan Steber was I – mean, we talked about that, like how amazing he was. I mean, the guy's a four-time champ. Yeah. His bonus rate has always been through the roof. He's one of the most, most yeah. dominant wrestlers in NCAA history, bar none. Yes. I, I think there's a chance – you know, he – Logan turned a lot of guys. It took Tony Ramos a long time to figure out um, Logan from top before he was. He got turned by him once, maybe twice the first time they they met at that duel. It was not a close match. Yeah. So I, I think, man, in all three positions, other than maybe leg defense, Logan has the advantage. I think when you're in on Yanni's leg, he's more likely to score than maybe Logan would be, but he just – the vast array in which Logan could generate offense from not just yeah. slide bys, but leg attacks, his doubles, his singles. He could finish a lot of different ways. Yep. Uh, including, I mean, you know, he finished on, on, on Jordan Oliver. He finished on a lot of really tough wrestlers. So I think that version of Logan Steber is, man, he, he debated, uh, debatably, and much to Jay Jagger's chagrin, he could have been the guy at 133 and 141 if we had loud yep. guys to double enter uh the tournament but we didn't we're we're a nation of laws and but i i think right now he's a clear one but let's 
but let's pause and let's see what what Yanni becomes in in two years because it could be a real question at that point. But right now, any version of Yanni's best day, I don't think can beat that version of Logan Steber yet. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, Twitter said fifty percent. Point four for Yanni and forty nine point six for Logan. That's the closest poll we've had. That's wow. closer. That's closer than uh, than Bush Gore two thousand in Florida. <laughs> that is tight. <laughs> Holy cow! Um, yeah. So they get a vote, but we all three take Logan. So congratulations to Logan Steber, the best one hundred forty one pounder of the last decade. Yes, unquestionable. Congrats to Logan. Um, I'm sure this will be among his most cherished victories. You know, four NCAA titles, world <clears throat> champion. But more than anything, he is the FRL number one in the last 10 years. All, All right, right, moving on yeah. to the 149-pound semifinals. We had your top seed, Zane Rutherford of Penn State, and the five seed, Lance, the party Palmer of Ohio State. Let's party. Get it started. Okay. Man. I'll do it Nomad-like. You know what I see? <laughs> I see Lance Palmer getting an early takedown. Oh, Oh, he, you know, Zane wasn't, Zane was a baby when Lance was in college. So, you know, Z- Zane is not ready for this time traveling version of Lance Palmer. He also gets an escape. Zane, Zane does under-anticipates how strong he is. And, uh, Zane gets a late takedown to send it to overtime. And Zane gets to take down in overtime to beat Lance the party Palmer. Wow. OT match for Palmer Rutherford. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. I do think there is nope. a, a scenario he, he stings him for an early takedown, Palmer, against Zane. But, man, I, I think – I mean, it's interesting because both these guys were so good on top. And, and Zane, especially early on, he was a really good leg rider. I, he didn't really ride legs as much towards the end of his career. He would just, like, grab the foot and tear their body over. Um, but I don't think we've seen anything – quite like Zane and what he was able to do. It's so, man, the ultimate question, and we all see where this final is, is headed towards, and it's going to be an epic collision. But, you know, to, to be able to drop him in that 2008-9-10 would, would answer so many questions, right? And that's what we're trying to figure out. But yeah. you think about Zane was, and, and this can help, like, figure stuff out. Like, Zane was senior-level elite at this point in his career right he was making he made the world team um yeah after his junior year i think junior year that's that's incredible to me so i i think it would be him i don't know if lance gets any takedowns i see him getting an early takedown lots of riding time maybe they exchange escapes and that would be it three one four one kind of win for zane over the party yeah i agree i don't think zane turns lance um so, I think we're all on board with uh, Zane. So, he goes to the finals to take on the winner of your two-seed, Brent Metcalf, and uh, Frank Molinaro. Okay, well, we saw this one many times. Um, in, well, several times in folk style and many times in freestyle. And Brent Metcalf was just a transcendent guy, and he had Frank's number. And eventually, by 2016, Frank did beat him close. That was in freestyle. But the, the college version of Metcalf was was a total terminator. And I think the match would play out how we kind of saw it play out. Now, the version of Frank yeah. that Brent beat uh, versus 
what he became in 2012 it was improved, but not by enough to make up the margin of how great Brent was in that 2008-9-10 seasons. I agree. I th- I think it will be competitive though, as you know, as we just referenced Lance Palmer, who we referenced, beat Brent at the 2010 Big Ten Championships, um, and I, I see Brent having the same type of difficulties. I don't really think. Frank could beat him at that point in time to what you referenced, but I think it's, you know, a five, three, something like that. I don't, I don't think Frank runs away with it. Gotcha. Yep. So we get the matchup. Uh, Twitter said 74% in favor of Metcalf and not 89% in favor of Zane. Um, so we will get the matchup. We all thought we would with Zane Rutherford and Brent Metcalf. Oh man. <laughs> Epic. Now we got 57 quarters. Yeah, and these are all really good. I think some of uh, the other quarterfinals have kind of been mismatches. Um, but I really like all these. So first up, 2016 version of Isaiah Martinez. He's your one seed. Um, eight seed, 2018, Hayden Hydley. Man. Uh, well, Imar. <laughs> <laughs> Tough choice, huh, Christian? Yeah, that's no. all you got for us. That's this all, so this was the version of Hayden. Um, he was a freshman. And he went undefeated in the regular season. Made the NCAA finals against Nolf. He's really good. He was good. He's really good. Uh, Underhook masters both of them, but the ultimate master is Imar. Yeah. You know what does annoy me about this tournament a little bit, Christian? Tell me. Is there's there's gonna be some upsets. I feel like. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's some way we need to we need to plant landmines and make upsets for oh, ourselves because I have an idea. we're like we're 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 too smart and we like pick the the guy who was better but the guy who's better is not in every time there are going to be upsets. I have an and idea. I, so I get we would no, only be able to do it from these weights on because we already did the other weights. But each yeah. one of us has an upset landmine that completely vetoes everyone else's pick. And could advance a Hayden Hydley over Imar. You could say, boom, I'm blowing up this bracket. This is the time I get to blow one up. And you can make it happen, and then you're the winner. But you can't do it in the finals. But you could, But any point other than that, you have one landmine where you can just explode it. Do you so like we're that, talking, well, I, I think that's uh, – did, did the fans get a landmine too? <laughs> <laughs> they are the landmine. They're, 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 uh, <laughs> we've avoided their landmine yeah, a few yeah. times. <laughs> They've yeah. had some. They've had some <laughs> wild ones. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm in. Kyle, are you in? I'm in. Yeah. All right. Good. You're, okay. I, I think when does gonna... it start? Today. Starts today. You can use it <laughs> right now. You could, you could eliminate Imar from this competition if you wanted to. Uh, uh I'm not gonna do that one. I'm gonna yeah, I'm not Imar. either. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think he's able to force his underhook situations better than Hayden is. Uh, he win wins in a competitive bout. And this was the um, the freshman version of Imar that beat uh, Green in the semis, and then was it Real Buto in the finals? No, I think this is. I th- I picked the sophomore version, the one that beat Nolf in the finals. Oh, did you? My bad. And I, that that yeah, was the no, one, that was what right. I meant to pick. I I, I could wrote the wrong year. No, you did. You put 2016. That was my bad. Okay. Imar was so good in the 157 years. He had the one Nolf slip up. And they had a crazy Big Ten final that he won, and then uh, he won again in a crazy NCAA final, very competitive match. But he just how he was in the the Kale conversation at that. It was like he's going to win four. Seriously, like, I was just yeah. he's going to win four titles. 
it was yeah. just like yeah. in my mind it had happened. It was literally at that point. And even going into the NCAA finals, right? It's like Chinzo, yeah, 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 sure, he's good, but he's not ready for this. He can't beat him. Look. They had wrestled a couple times, and Chinzo kind of gave him a good match, but never one you're like, yeah, he's going to beat Imar. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to, and I, I don't want. I love Imar, so I'm not. I'm not trying to crap on him here, but it's like that that freshman year. He had some really good seniors, and that you know had great careers. And then to see him, I don't want to say he didn't progress from senior year, uh, freshman year, to senior year, but that the senior version wasn't all that much better than the freshman version of Imar because you know he beat James Green, he beat Dylan Ness, uh, Brian Real Budo. Mm-hmm. Who, who else am I forgetting about that he beat that were seniors that year? There was a uh, few other good ones. You mentioned Green. Uh, who was? That was 2016, right? 15-16. He's pulling it up right now. Oh, Ian Miller. Uh, he pinned him. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a crazy one. You know, I what I remember about Imar and I kept like, um, like his freshman year, I just kept saying he was not tame. Like he was just wild. He was just yeah. totally mm-hmm. savage, right? And maybe that was something that waned just a little bit over the years. Just, there was just like this edge about him that was like, oh yeah. my, it was like a little scary, like how powerful it was. Remember his his single leg against uh, Dylan Ness? Yes. Where he's like picked yes. him up and just like boom, spiked him. So, I mean, it was, it <laughs> yeah. was one of the most savage was... leg attack finishes I've ever seen. Yeah. That, yeah. You're, you're, you're so right on that one. I yeah. agree. Totally. Total, total wild man. He, he was scary good. Isaiah Martinez, the fifty-seven years. So, we got him over Heidley. Yep. This and is going to yeah. get interesting. Uh, your two seed, two thousand seventeen version of Jason Nall first two thousand fourteen version of James Green. Wow. This is interesting. Um, they never, they never hit. They well, they did hit. Hey. They they wrestled in, in the Southern Scuffle Finals. Yes, who won? I don't even remember that. James Green beat him kind of soundly, like five one. Wow, she. Yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, that was the well, and that was, was the year Nolf beat Real Buda that year. Oh yeah, and that, and that was so that was when he was redshirting. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Okay, so how, that's the 2015 um, redshirt oh version of of Jason Nolf. We're talking about the 2017 version. Yeah. That and my landmines. Ninety two percent bonus rate. He was so good. So okay, so with James Green, that 2015 year, that was when he was a senior. Who else did he lose to besides? So he lost Imar the Simmons, but he was the four seed. Did he lose to Dylan Ness that year also? I will tell I, you. He he must have because Ness is the two and Green's the three. I'm sorry, Green, Ness is the four. Yeah, he Green's lost to Ness the, at Big Ten six five. Yeah. He also if lost you to lose Doug Welch. Dylan, if you he lose also, to those dudes, you ain't you ain't beating Jason Nolf. Sorry, Jason Nolf. He lost to Dylan Ness twice and to Doug what? Welch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't. But that. we are talking about 2014. That was 15. He was asking, but he also lost to Dylan Ness in 2014. Dang. Yeah. Isaac Jordan. Wasn't he like? Yeah. yeah. Man, that is tough. I. Well, I'll go with Nolf here. Kind of want to blow it up, but I'm saving it. Yeah. I'm saving it for a dramatic moment. Oh, I. 
All right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> people on Facebook do not like this. Oh, you got to deal with this. It. What did I say? Thing. This idea is a landmine. Yeah, you're right. Kind of defeats the whole purpose. Listen, no, it doesn't. But landmines because uh, don't tell us who the best point. actually is. Grim brings up a great point. There's gonna be some. If it's really wrestling, something crazy is gonna happen. It's not gonna be how we predicted it. Something wild is gonna happen. And if you're saying that James Green winning a wrestling yeah. match is crazy. I say you're crazy. Yeah, but he I wins. Agree. He doesn't win this one. All right. The people spoke 90% <laughs> in favor of Jason Knopf. So All Jason Knopf right. moves on to the semifinals. Uh, this one just kind of worked out because of seeding, but we literally, this was literally the NCAA final that year, Derek St. John versus Jason Welch, both the 2013 version. Um, so I think we have to go with St. John. We do, unless yeah. they yeah. must use his landline. <laughs> no, I'm saving. I'm saving it. He's saving it. All right, we're saving up our landmines. I think 65 is going to provide plenty. Surprisingly, only 79 percent of people voted for Derek St. John. Um, wow. Well, that's Iowa hate. They must have. They must have skipped that match when they replayed the 2013 NCAA they finals. They must have skipped that match when it all the matches because he beat him like three times. Yeah. Um, and then. Your four seed 2011 Bubba Jenkins versus your five seed 2010 J.P. O'Connor. I think Bubba was the hardest one to seed in this bracket, wouldn't yeah. you say? Because this year he had some not good losses. Yes. But he also yeah, pinned David Taylor. Losses. He pinned David Taylor. It's yeah, it's a mixed bag. I think J.P.O. is a really tough matchup for Bubba. He's so fundamental. Uh, he was he was good everywhere. J.P. O'Connor is like one of the more forgotten. Uh, NCAA champions. I'm pretty sure he was undefeated that year too. The year that he won, I think that he was. Be... But it wasn't. It wasn't a great year. What year was that? It again? was not a great year. 2010. 2010. But it was. It was. You know, Fittery was in there. Um, Adam Hall, Gaethje. He beat Chase Pammy in the finals. Ky- Kyler Sanderson was in there. Um, yeah, that was not a good year for no, seven. No, it wasn't. That However, was. Oh, that was the year that uh, Burroughs was hurt. Burroughs took injury Richard that year. Yes. And then he comes yeah. back with a vengeance. Yeah, that would have been the year. Anyone else in there that like wound up being really good? Oh, Dustin Schlater not, defaulted out. Turtog. Yeah, not real. Turtog. Jesse Dong, the forgotten goat. Okay, so <laughs> man, who all right, babe, all you, right. Get, you get this one started. You coach Bubba. I'm going Bubba by Mixer. Oh my god. Man, he might have wrestled. Here, you go. Let me see if I can find. I'm gonna take Bubba. Uh, JP was pretty, looking at his run through instant blades, he was pretty dominant. 15 2, 8 1, 8 1. 14 2 impressive. Yeah, that's uh, good. And then 6-4 over Pammy in the finals. Uh, Pammy was your seventh seed. But I, I'm going to go with, with Bubba. He, the lights shine bright and he's ready. Okay, well, let's take it back to the 2008 NC2A Wrestling Championship. Let's do it. Where Machine Gun Bubba beat JPO 5 3. Listen to Bubba's run at the 08. NCAAs. He beat Bryce Adoris from Navy, who was really good, 15 to 5. He was good. Ryan yeah. Lang, NCAA finalist, 4 3. That's his round two match. Quarters, NCAA champion JP O'Connor, 5 3. Semis, 12 8 over Darian Caldwell. The match was crazy. That was a crazy match. Like, I thought Caldwell had it, and then, uh, then Bubba got him. And then the 14 to 8 loss to. Or, wait. What? Yeah, 14 to 8 yeah, lost Metcalf to, to Metcalf. That's yep. a weird score. Well, he 
Remember, he came out and took down twice. Twice in the first period, he took down. Yeah, uh, I remember. No, that was an awesome don't. match. All right. I do. Uh, he, he, remember, <laughs> Metcalf doubled him so hard right there. He dropped him really hard off that double. And he ru- I'm sorry. Uh, Opposite. Oh, no. Really? What? No, which match was the one where Metcalf doubled him so hard? The NCAA was it Finals. The Big Ten Finals. No. The NCAA Finals. It was the NCAA Finals. Because I remember Bubba afterwards, like, he complained about that that was a slam and that he ran a foot half or something. And he didn't think that should be allowed. <laughs> he was, like, complaining about the things. Well, that was an illegal slam this year at Big Tens. It literally was. So. Even though it wasn't. Bubba kind of beat Brent Metcalf that year. What can we say? All right, yeah, I think you got to go Machine Gun Bubba over JPO, but y'all need to go go watch some JPO Connor matches. This guy was super good. He's got some really good tech on the site, too. Yes, you could learn from him. And Bubba, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, Bubba won 82% um, on the fan poll. So Bubba moves into the semifinals where he'll see oh, Jason Nolf. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jason off Bubba Jenkins. And then... Um, Imar DSJ. No, I lied. It's Imar Bubba. Ah. Imar Bubba DSJ. Oh, my gosh. DSJ Nolf. Okay. Well, that one's nice. crazy, too. Imar Bubba's wild. Sorry. Can, okay. can you, Kyle, can you preview the quarters at 165 for us? Uh, yeah, for I don't think tomorrow? we have these seated. Do you want to see this right now? We could seed it right oh, now. Oh, I, I thought I did seed it. You, you you only got, seated through like forty nine. No, I seated all of them. 50, well, the fifty seven was a mess. We had to reorder it. Yeah, you did a terrible thing. <clears throat> you okay. had Hayden like uh, above no, like three or four of these national champs. Okay, uh, I definitely seated one sixty five is seated, one seventy four. Yeah, well, these are seated. I must have forgot one fifty seven, but sixty five. You guys can argue with me, but this is how I think sixty five should be seated. No, I think you're. No. All right. So here's how he has it seated. Dake one, Taylor two, Burroughs three, Ringer four, Chenzo five, Mackay six, even though he beat him. Uh Howe seven, Caldwell eight. I Caldwell beat Howe, right? Caldwell beat Howe. These are different versions, though. Different versions. Yeah, and different versions. They're different versions. JB JB should be seated over Taylor, in my opinion. Really? That yes. 2011 version of JB only beat Tyler Caldwell two to one in the Big 12 Finals. Okay, and then what happened? He also smashed him. What? Yeah, he smashed him a couple times. Yeah. But the 2014 David Taylor didn't have any competitive matches at Apparently, all. Apparently, no one. That match like was kind of shenanigans. I think Jordan chased Caldwell like for yeah the, the better sure. part of an hour. Matches well, are seven minutes long, so that's impossible. Yeah, I know. It was crazy that that, that <laughs> happened that way. All right, fine. We leave your seats how it is because they're going to hit in the semis uh, anyways. Is there anyone else you want to move around? I mean, the, the, so the, I picked Joseph over Makai. I know those are different years. And I know Makai beat him the one time, but it's like, dude, the 2018 version of uh, Vincenzo Joseph beat Isaiah Martinez in the finals. And for me, that carried more weight than, you know, Makai beat Marinelli and then – Marinelli, um, Wick, then, Wick, then, then Chenzo. Yeah. It's kind of more impressive. And junior world champ. But don't worry, it'll all work itself out. Wait till this hokey. Okay. Hmm. I mean, the other thing is the 2010 version of Andrew Howe was really good also. I mean, we just talked about how he beat David Taylor at the 2012 Olympic Trials. That He beat, kind of beat him down. That That version was really good. Okay, so well seated. There's the quarters there. Uh, Bracky will put that poll out 
and you'll vote, and uh, we may or may not explode it with a landmine and make it uh, much more difficult. All right, are we, we doing? Hey, you guys also, you guys also need to add an eighth person to both seventy-four and eighty-four. We'll do it. Uh, Don't yeah. worry. So what's I, crazy about? Uh, sorry, what's crazy about eighty-four is uh, so many of those guys started lighter. I mean, Quentin Wright started at seventy-four, then went eighty-four, then ninety-seven. Nickel was at. 84 Varner was at 84 so 84 and 74 and 84 aren't as deep because a lot of those guys had moved up in weight and nickel started at 74 also oh my gosh I totally forgot duh yeah yeah okie doke all right can we go on to the 2014 NCAA wrestling tournament we can finally do it we're we're really gonna do do it. it okay so uh Tyler's got it pulled up here quick overview this was a really close team race uh, between yes. Penn, going into the finals, three teams actually had a chance to win it. Penn State, Minnesota, and Oklahoma State. It was not settled going into the finals. Penn State ultimately won. Spoiler alert there. Uh, based on some really good finals performances and some uh, – it could have come down to uh, Ness Ringer, but but it didn't. All right, so we're, why don't we start at 125. Oh wait, should we start at heavyweight so Ben doesn't get sad? Yeah. Ben, oh, ben. just hey, don't don't hate the heavyweights, Christian. I don't hate them. Don't hate the heavyweights. I lo- I love heavyweights. I think they're great. I yeah. think this was this was an all time. This is a really really this good class. This was an incredible heavyweight bracket. Such a good one. Um, yes. yes. So, what we have here, I'm glad we're doing it. I'm glad we started this year to go crazy. We've got. Some of my big memories are what? How about Nelson Blaze Cobble in round one? That's pretty wild. We've got, yeah. Uh, this was you have to remember Nelson coming into this was a two-time champ, oh. going for his third, but he had taken some losses. This was the season of Adam Kuhn, where he came out, won yep. Vegas as a true freshman. He beat Nelson. He beat Bobby Telford. I think he beat McMullen. Um, yeah. I think he beat Chalfont and McClure. I think he beat many of these guys, and then had a terrible yeah. Big Tens where he lost to oh and two. He he lost to um, Tavanello and someone good. Yikes! Someone like really good, but like the Tavanello off was like, what the heck is happening? So this was a crazy yeah. year for heavyweight because it was all over the place, and Gwiz kind of he lost to Coon at Vegas that mm-hmm. year, and then sort of laid. In the cut, for the most part, did not hit a lot of the elite guys, which is what started. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I can get into. It. I'll just get yelled at again. What? <laughs> get into it. Oh, the quiz and uh, uh. No. So that was shoes on the other foot because we did not, we did not have quiz ranked that high, and um, as a res- because he ha- he had lost to Coon, and then he didn't have like a ton of elite wins. So in every national poll, Gwiz was like two or something, and we had him like, I don't know, four or five because he just didn't have the the wins. But didn't matter. He, he ended up winning this thing. So he comes out and he makes the run. He goes through Billy Smith from Rutgers, who was good. Mike McClure was super good for Michigan State. Adam Chalfont was excellent for Indiana that year. And he beats all these guys. Then he gets to um, Tony Nelson, which. I'm trying to remember how exactly that match went. Did Nelson get the first Nelson takedown? Nelson got hurt, remember? Yeah, but he got hurt. Don't you remember that during yes. the match? He's had his ankle taped. And ankle, yes. I 
if I'm remembering correctly, Nelson just bought him off of that. I think Nelson wrote him, wrote him for a while, but then he got hurt, and then eventually, I think Quiz found his way to a takedown. It was, it was kind of. I don't remember it so well for whatever reason, but Gwiz ends up unseating Tony Nelson, stopping him from winning his third, and then yep. Gwiz would go on to win two and then lose his quest for his third against Kyle Snyder. So history kind of repeating itself there then. Uh, um, go ahead. I don't remember this Anthony Nelson match first round being that close against Blaze Cobble. I mean, I remember Cobble being tough, but... Uh, one zero. I, yeah. So either someone chose neutral, or there was a ride out, or something there. Uh, I I don't remember that match being that close. I mean, Minnesota had a terrible tournament. They kind of crapped the bed. But I don't remember this. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, Cobble chose neutral. Nelson was so good on top, he would just get that claw and come out yeah. to the side, and they wouldn't really call stalling, even though he was like not trying to turn. And mm-hmm. he would just ride people out. You just could not get away from him. Nelson was so big and strong and could, could just cling and hold there. But he pins Desi in round two. Desi the 16th yeah. seed. Then he pins Connor Medbury. Connor Medbury was a beast. Yeah, he was really good. The yes. NCAA finalists, right? Yeah. 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 Snyder. Kyle. Kyle. And then he beats Telford 4-2. They had close matches. Telford had beaten... Uh, Nelson at the duel, I believe, that year. Uh, so really, really tough bracket. This is the one. Mike McMullen got third here with an 18-second pin over Chalfont. I think Chalfont, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like a Chalfont leg attack, and he, uh, McMullen had like a over-under, like popped his hips through and like pinned him right away. It was absolutely sick. McMullen had just some filthy stuff. He was so fun uh, to watch. That wasn't for third, though. That was um, in like the consolation semis. Crazy match. How about how come Kyle hasn't said anything about Jeremy Johnson beating Adam Coon? He was I was to letting it. you guys build up to it because <laughs> I knew we had to come back to Adam, the year of Adam Coon, and then he didn't even place. That was crazy. because Train gassed him. Tell, let's tell us what. Tell us how it went. Well, tell I us mean, about it. I we 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 wanted Coon, not Telford. IMO. Um, Train and wrestled Telford before, and just not a great matchup. But Coom was much better because he would get in there and wrestle and like exchange with him, and he just mm-hmm. he could he could like he could not stop. Jeremy had a really good underhook, and he could not stop it. And three or four times he he would get the underhook, throw it by to a high single, throw it by to a high single, and just couldn't finish. He got him called for stalling a couple times, um, and then he ends up getting the getting the takedown and, and sun victory, and it was awesome. Um, that was his senior year, and that win actually made him the winningest wrestler in Ohio history. He passed Jake Percival wow. with that win. Um, so it was his senior year. So there was a lot riding on that match, and, and you know, he got it done. It was awesome. So a little bit of history on, on Kuhn's season. That So he starts off undefeated. Then he goes to Vegas. As I mentioned, he beat Quiz in the semis there. Semis or maybe even earlier because – Kuhn wouldn't mm-hmm. have been seated that great. Then he beats JT Felix, who was really good from Boise State, didn't place. Then he beats Bobby Telford, so everyone's freaking out like, holy cow, this guy is unreal. <laughs> then he beats Spencer Myers, who's an All-American. Then he beats Spencer Myers again. Then he beats Tony Nelson in the duel in sudden victory. More freaking out ensues. Beats Tavanello in tiebreakers, <laughs> a little foreshadowing for a tough matchup. Beats Telford again, who is a clear like top 
four or five guy that whole then he loses it uh to they lose to Gingrich and Tavanello at Big Tens. Holy cow, I forgot the other loss was Gingrich. So he didn't even lose to like wow. any of the big guns. The elite guys, yeah. And then at, he kind of gets his groove back somewhat at NCAAs, but loses to Telford close in tiebreakers, and then loses to Johnson in sudden victory. And that was the true freshman season of Adam Kuhn. Wow. The largest human. Okay. Wow. So that was heavyweight. Who's larger, Adam Kuhn or Bobby Telford? I think that's Kuhn. a good question. Kuhn, Kuhn's got those, those very large. They're both very tall and thick. But I think if Kuhn decided I want to be like 360 pound, like NFL size player, I think he could do it. I don't know if Telford could quite get that big. I don't know if he has quite the frame. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me let me lead on one one ninety seven. So just uh, I was uh, I don't know why, but I I we bought tickets in the upper deck this year in Oklahoma City. My brother and I went with Nick Huckey and Josh Wagner, obviously all Missouri grads, cheering on Missouri. I forgot how bad the bottom of this bracket fell apart for a true freshman, Jaden Cox, to make a run for a national title. Um, now, I think he wins no matter what, but holy moly. Connor Hartman comes out of nowhere, beats both the 10 and the 7 seed. Jaden gets to beat him. And then Chris Penny came out of nowhere and beat Morgan McIntosh, Nathan Burek, upset Richard Perry. The bottom of this bracket was such a mess, which puts Jaden in the finals against Nick Heflin. VA stand up, Chris Penny, big shout. They they totally wow. this was like um, they really jacked up the seeds here. I wonder if I could find my article where I just totally shredded how they seeded this. It made no sense <laughs> uh, because Kyvin at the five was ludicrous. He should have been like in almost every poll. He was like the one or two. And he, they put him at the five. I mean, he had beaten Jaden Cox that year at the scuffle. It made made no sense. So they, they really yeah. kind of messed this up bad. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you talk about this. Schiller, Gadsden, uh, Heflin, all up top made this a really, really tough bracket. And, yeah, you're right. It fell apart for, for Jaden, and I agree. He probably would have taken the whole thing. But, man, what a what – a, mess of a bracket this became especially on that bottom side seriously such a mess yeah but Jaden Jaden got it done um and that was kind of the beginning of we were like oh man this is we, well, we I, knew he was special but yeah I remember this bracket or the, the final being highly controversial because he, he wins on a stall point and he was really mm-hmm. he was wrestling you know and now you think of Jaden and you think of you know defensive wizard doesn't really press the action but he pressed the action against Heflin and Heflin was obviously we know Heflin's also really defensive and I think the stall point was fairly highly contested by a lot of people. Like they didn't really like that call. Man, I wish I could find that freaking seating article. I, yeah, I remember Ben. Uh, I remember being okay with the stall call because he he was avoiding wrestling. Oh, they had to yeah. call it. It was terrible. Yeah. It stunk that that's like what the match came down to, but it was the right call, I think. Yeah, and I I remember. Oh, NCACs, who got a gift and who got hosed? Yeah, here's my Good column. title. Hashtag my column. Uh, <laughs> Gatson, here's, uh, we'll read what I wrote. I don't know what I said here. Oh, this is probably bad. Gatson at the five is laughable. Both his losses are to Schiller. He avenged it. He's beaten Schiller, Cox, and Rutt. So they don't forgive Gadsden's two losses to the very excellent Schiller. Yet Cox's losses to Wellington and, and Gadsden are essentially disregarded. He's beaten McIntosh and Rutt. Gadsden's wins are better. He has the head-to-head win over Cox. 
and more respectable losses. So you might make sense of that one for me. Jace Bennett at 10. Yeah, Jace at 10 was kind of crazy. He beat one seated wrestler this year, number 14, Chris Penny. Yeah, okay. So that was that. That's what I said about it. <laughs> I wasn't happy. Okay. Where's Jace Bennett from again? That, that's Texas. I remember watching his you, film when we were at Cornell. Arizona State. He went to Cornell. Yeah, he, he, had, he had a wild style. He was really big, but yes. like scrambly. Had, had, yep. He was pretty tough on top, but he was like super – he would like pin himself and stuff, like put himself in really dangerous situations. Um, he's from, I think he's from the same. Where's uh, Brandon Slay from? They're like from the same town. Um, Arlington. Oh, I know Amarillo. Mm. Amarillo. I'm Amarillo. Sure. Yeah, buddy. All right. So that's ninety-seven. Oh Nothing else that interesting there, though, right? No, we're not going Versus that. Versus a freshman, James yeah. Cox. Dude, the bread the seats fell apart at 184 too. I told, I mean, like when you think back about this, because guys accomplish certain things, you don't realize. But like Blake Stauffer, under under uh, unseated beats Avenator and Tim Dudley the first two matches. Ophir Bernstein beats Vic. Uh, well, first Vic Avery upset Ethan Lofthouse, then Bernstein upsets Vic Avery. Uh, Deckow upsets Thomas Seat. I mean, like. Were these bad seeds also, Christian, or was it just wild? Because this looks wild. No, these were actually, I think these were probably okay. Sheptock was undefeated and had to be the one because Ruth had the Dean loss. Yeah, um, scuffle. And then, but who beat Dean? Did Sheptock beat Dean? Sheptock had a loss. Well, then how the heck? All right, I don't remember how this no, happened. No, Sheptock was undefeated. Sheptock was undefeated. Not according to this bracket I'm looking at. Man, they messed this really? up then. I don't understand it then. Because they I'm had pretty Ruth. sure Sheptak was undefeated. This is definitely the year that Ruth lost to Dean at the scuffle, which was like, man, maybe. Yeah. That's one of the biggest upsets I can remember in a long time. How? Oh, like, that was that so was insane. so mind blowing. And it's like right now it all makes yeah. sense, but at that point in time it made no sense whatsoever. None, none. It was mind blowing. It, it was a totally insane result. I wonder if this bracket. Gave Sheptok the loss because he lost to Ruth here. I think yeah, that's what it was. Because I, okay. I, I, I can't find one. He, yeah. He was undefeated for sure. But basically, we kind of knew that the NCAA finals was, was going to be Ruth Sheptok uh, or Ruth Dean semi. Sheptok had a win over Dean. That's why. Yes. Um. So that, that made Wait, that. Wait, Sheptok had a win over Dean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he did. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Now that that one seems crazy now in retrospect. Yes. Wow. So Ruth and Dean, I remember their match was really. Cl- it was like, I think Ruth one time got to a rear standing, and Dean like kind of ran forward and did a little Gramby, and they gave him like a flash two, gave Ruth a flash two that ultimately like had a huge. Um, like kind of decided the match. Remember, I don't know if it got challenged or whatever, but it was a really controversial sort of exchange that the Cornell side thought was kind of garbage. But yeah, Jack Deckow, ODU, out of the 13, takes out Thomasite, who I'm not sure ever, did he place this year? He was kind of one of those guys. No, he didn't place. This is the, oh my gosh, Steinhouse was getting kind of destroyed by Thomasite in the round of 12, and Thomasite just like faded, and Steinhouse came back stormed back to uh to beat him that was that was wild i remember that one pretty um specifically 
Well, to, you know what I remember about this bracket is the the famous Robin Ficker convincing yep. a good portion of Rita to chant headlock shaft talk. Man, it was like everyone everyone was chanting it except for Penn State fans. Everybody was chanting it. He had everybody chanting it. <laughs> it was amazing. Because there was like big long like TV break while they're like introducing the wrestlers. So they're both like up on the mat waiting ready to go. And yeah. it was kind of quiet. And he just started screaming it. And the whole arena was doing it. I remember uh, going out after the finals that night. Um and literally, like, someone would just yell it in the bar, and a bunch of people would say it back because it was all wrestling people. That's hilarious. That's so uh, yeah. funny. Ficker, Ficker was, man, he's wild. I Is he still around? Yes. I saw him on some of the duels this year. Yeah. <laughs> he's maybe keeping a little bit of a He's little going little through it through thick and thin. Okay, now, uh, 74, I remember I was like, there is no way – Andrew Howe is going to lose to Chris Perry. Like, it was like... I feel... Yes. I was like, it's not happening. I was like, this is a terrible matchup. I was like, how is he going to beat Andrew Howe? It's like, he's not going to take him down. Mm. And he and everyone... No one saw the Big 12 final. This is how far wrestling comes. 2014, no one saw the Big 12 final. Like, the, the match exists nowhere. There's, like, little clips. Well, in fairness, you cannot find the Big 12 finals anywhere still today. That's a great point. Um, <laughs> Where are, I still haven't seen the 2019 Big 12 finals. It's <laughs> because they, they air on some regional network, Dang. your Fox Sports uh, regional network, and then they don't put them anywhere. You can't find them unless you're up at like 3 a.m. Oh in June and they replay and them. And Winniewood, Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> All right. God. So, okay. So maybe we're not better off. Um, so, anyway. Perry did beat Howe in a, an apparently yeah. very controversial match at Big 12s. But literally, if you weren't there, you didn't see it. But the stories were out there. I was like, whatever, fine. He lost to him, but he is definitely not going to lose to him at NCAAs. And sure enough, Perry had the game plan and everything. I think it was like Howe came with a hard uh, underhook. And he like, whoom, hit like, the, yeah. like a high crotch kind of elbow control, pulled it through. We- it was so deep and so like he got such deep penetration. I think like how like came up off the mat. It was it was really yep. slick. That was good old John Smith dropping butt to the mat, pop him up off the mat. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that sticks out to this bracket for me is the semi with <gasps> Perry and Evans. Oh my gosh! So Perry kept doing this thing where guys would get on his legs, he would go double ankles and like <clears throat> basically almost pin himself so many times. One time, I think he got called for it against Logan Storley uh, at National Duels. And this time, he almost had – and I think that was the controversy with Hal. Hal would get in. He would drape, basically be almost pinned Chris Perry. It was a scary situation. I just remember the Iowa section going absolutely berserk during this match. (laughs) (laughs) Perry got up and won and did the pistols at him. (laughs) <laughs> and they, Chris Perry is so awesome. He did the pistols at him and holstered him, and they lost their minds. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this was he. Man, you could go back and watch it. He almost pinned him. I mean, Evans was right there to win oh. this match. Yeah, and yep. and Evans had a crazy one to beat Matt Brown in the semis. I think that was the last time he ever beat yeah. Matt Brown. It was he had a Grambia in tiebreakers to get away. Um, so that was, um, that was super cool. Yeah. W- wild match. Yeah, you're right. I'm, you're so wise to bring up that semi, the Evans 
there's still Iowa fans that talk about that one. They were they were not. I played. mean, can you imagine that match today with the neutral danger? Oh yeah, he would have <laughs> given up so many takedowns. Yeah, Perry Perry really hit the sweet spot for his career. Oh my, who remembers Storley Kokesh quarter? Oh gosh, I don't remember that. You so got, they this exists somewhere. I'll find it. You talk yeah, about it. Um, I mean, it was over. The match was over in the tiebreaker, and uh, yeah, it was on riding time, right? I'm trying to think because it says tiebreaker too. I'm trying to think of how it went. Um, but anyways, Kokus tried to run around the mat instead of just like staying in and hand fighting. He tried to like run around the mat. And Storley just chased, chased him down and took him down on the edge with, like, a second left. It, but, man. Oh, here it is. 14 overtime. All right, baby. Yes, here we go. Um, I'll tweet this again. It's a tradition unlike any other, me tweeting videos of things that happened. But it was it was over. It was like a restart with five seconds left. Yeah, restart with five seconds left in in tiebreakers. Go back a little bit. I want to see how it happened again. Doesn't he just try to run away? He, he just, He's literally running away from him. And... Storley just like is just shooting like crazy and somehow takes. Oh my like, gosh! Are you tweet, watching? Tweet that link. No, uh, no, you. Need to, I I remember it now that you're saying that. It's coming back to me, and I'm it, trying to think about it. I have, I haven't got your tweet yet, piles. Hurry up! It's coming. That was, it was insane. He just kind of like catches yeah. him off balance as he's running backwards. Yep, it's a uh, man. It's a cautionary tale for seriously lead protection. This oh my goodness! Yes, that was so crazy. I couldn't believe it. And then does Kokesh? He DMP? Oh, no, he plays. He plays. Okay. <clears throat> okay. They actually went on to hit again for third. Uh, Storley won in tiebreakers again, three to one. Holy cow! They're both from South Dakota, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yes, they are. How about that? Yeah. That's- Kokesh pretty much just trips. Yeah, he kind of falls. Yeah. Because he was wow. trying to run away. I forgot that. Yes. <laughs> not used, he's not used to running away. Kokesh was really good. Okay, so it's that. Oh, my so God. So Perry beats Howe in the finals, and I was totally stunned uh, every time it happened. But this was – these guys were so close. Um, the Perry, Evans, Brown, Kokesh, Storley, Howe yeah. grouping was like uh, – all these guys are like basically one takedown matches really close. But I did yeah. think Howe was a cut above, but – Perry was just – Perry from a tactic standpoint was um, yeah. just being I mean, a little ha- sharper. How almost regressed a little bit. Not You know, who, you know I, I don't know his story. I've never talked to Andrew Howe for any length of time. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was injuries or, or lack of motivation as he got older. But you remember 2011-12, he had really, really competitive matches with Burroughs. And Burroughs won the Olympic title and the world title those two years. I mean – the younger, the younger Andrew Howe was really, really good, and I feel like he maybe lost a step as he got older. Yeah, you know, he had the hamstring injury his uh, junior year and maybe wasn't quite ever. I mean, he, he battled injuries. You know, in 2012, he tore his ACL in the Olympic trials yeah. finals against Burroughs. So yeah. his body kind of fell apart a little bit and wasn't quite ever the same. And when was the last time we saw him? Was 2016 the last we saw Andrew Howe compete? I think so. I think he's done then. Yeah. So for for a guy to graduate as in 2014 and then basically be done wrestling two years later, that shows that the, I think the body went through something there because yeah, uh, he was he was really good. Yeah. All right. I I remember thinking the same as you, Christian. That there there was no way that Chris Perry was going to beat Andrew Howell like that. That I remember thinking it wasn't 
it wasn't going to be competitive. No, I, I didn't think so either. I really coming in there. I was like, come on, guys. I was like, Perry is not beating yeah. out. He beat him two out of three. Yes. That's why they wrestle the matches, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. People are getting people are getting annoyed with our uh, our uh, the last decade thing because we keep picking the favorites. Yeah. Well, just wait. I got big plans. Oh gosh. <laughs> Uh, all right. 65 was Taylor Caldwell's show. I don't think there was a lot crazy about this one. No, uh, they had your five seed, Nick Moore losing first round. Yeah, Veltre. Josh Veltre. Yes. yes Iowa had a rough day, a year for number fives because Ethan Loft, Lofthouse lost first round as a five also. That mm-hmm. crushed him. That really crushed him. Um, yeah. Daddy. Uh, you guys can hear that, so he's, he's locked out. He's locked out of the studio over there. Would you wave at your at your child? No, he can't. He can't see me. He can't see me. Oh, okay. Oh, who knows what Amy's doing upstairs right now? So, so all right, that was sixty-five. There was it was it was Taylor and Caldwell, and then kind of everyone else for the majority of that year. Um, anything else to discuss? No, sixty-five. That was a four. It was a foregone conclusion for me. Yeah, and that was this was uh, Taylor's second Hodge season where he goes pin, 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 thirteen to five over Stephen Monk uh, of NDSU, and then he. Beat I hated Stephen Monk's Paul. headgear. <laughs> We're never gonna have an LDR headgear sped, uh, sponsorship thanks to Kyle Brackey. And you know what? I'm that- fine with that. That wasn't LDR, was it? That was a old school Morgan. Remember those? Oh, okay. Is it? Yeah, it wasn't LDR. It was yeah. apologies to LDR. Uh, I don't know what they're called. They're called Morgan's Ben. I, I think they're called Morgan headgear. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know who wore the, that headgear? Mongoose, my wrestler. Of course he did. That's oh such God. a mongoose move. <laughs> I don't know. He had like he had he never had a concussion, but I think his mom was just like. I I gotta protect my baby's head, even though he was like one of the like most rough and tumble kids of all time ever. Like, oh, he drove dirt bikes and kept wrecking them all the time, and so she made him wear uh, that headgear. So yeah, he was he was the one guy on my team that that found that headgear. Ah, uh, that's why it all it all. This was the year uh, Turtog took a nation by storm. Plays from the eleven. Yes, he did. Tertotog Lufsendorsch. I think I almost said that right. Uh, Spay had some fun facts for us for they better this be, year. They better Hang be on. fun. Uh, oh, dang it. Can't find it. Where it was. Okay. Well, that was fun. You were right. 57, <laughs> 57 Sorry. was crazy because we have the iconic LJ Helbig picture of him in the background of Ness pinning green with LJs like this. I'll try to find that picture because it's wild. That was one of the craziest moments of the whole tournament was when Jason uh, – this says Jason Ness, but it was Dylan. <laughs> the person Definitely that majorly put in the – they really struggled. But we know it was Dylan Ness that pinned James Green after James beat him pretty soundly oh my God. in the Big Ten uh, in the Big Ten uh, finals. What are you, oh, my gosh? I'm, watch, I'm, wa- I'm watching the match, and it's just like Dylan Ness was so good at – you know he called it the Gator Bacon. He was so good there. Like on this one – he misses the head, so he goes to the tricep and underhook, and like lat drops him from his back. It's just so fantastic. Did you see the clip we posted the other day of him uh, 
hitting the gator bacon while getting gut wrenched. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, yeah, I see him do that. That, <laughs> that was incredible. That is, like, so, like, how does that even happen? Also, I found the fun fact from Spay. Uh, 2014 was the last time Franklin and Marshall, Citadel, and Brown had an All-American. Oh, wow. wow. He also said you could hear Robin Ficker on TV. <laughs> oh, absolutely you could. Absolutely. So, Ness was kind of, like, the story of the tournament from the nine seed making the finals, even though, I think, uh... Josh Kendig made the finals too. Uh, from a, we'll get to that in a little bit. That was that, that weight class. Oh my god, that yeah. was disaster. Terrible, terrible. Totally. So wow. I I remember I was like I thought Green was gonna win this weight, and then when he the Ness beat him, I was like, um, okay, I don't know. And then I was like, well, Ringer's like just so much better than all these guys. And then he made the sem he when Ness made the finals, I just like. Just got caught up in the emotion of it. And I remember I was like, Willie and I were talking, just like going over who we think is going to win the finals. I was like, I was like, Ness is going to win. And he's like, what? Like he it was he was like literally disappointed in me that I could have that thought that uh, that Ness would be able to beat yeah. Rigger. And then Rigger I, just destroys Ness, like trounces him. I was like, oh, yeah, what? Hold on. Sorry, I, I got caught up in a wave of emotion. I feel like that uh, during, you know, they wrestled a lot as kids, obviously, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I feel like Deeringer always had his number and beat Ness almost every single time. He had most people's numbers, it turned out. <laughs> he was a three time champion. He did. He was, uh, he was not undefeated well, he this like, year. He wasn't that good when he was a kid. I mean, he, he got a lot better and he had some good moments, but he wasn't like, he wasn't like an oh my God guy. That makes sense. Oh, for sure. He was like, all right, this is a really good recruit. He's going to be a good wrestler. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think anyone saw a three-time champion, two undefeated no. seasons uh, out of him. He was not undefeated this year, however. He lost to – is this – did he lose to St. John again in the duel? I, I think so, yeah. I, man, I don't remember that, but it happened. I thought He had a weird Alex Dar- – or. Brian Realbuto match at the scuffle where I think he sort of gassed a little bit if I'm remembering correctly, but he didn't lose. But man, yeah. he he goes uh, Tech fall, then a pin over Joey Lavalley, who would eventually make an NCAA final for Missouri. 18-11 over Nestor. Eighteen eleven. I don't remember that match. I do. I think I call. I think I called that match. It was it was kind of crazy. And then he beats Realbuto seven four, and then thirteen four over Ness. He like took him down. He tilted him. Did whatever he wanted that match. Um. Austin Matthews was in this bracket. Oh my gosh. He he's, wrestled this year. He's still in brackets. <laughs> Austin, what? Austin Matthews stays in wrestling brackets. <laughs> how's wait, but how's that even possible? I because well, he got I a bunch injury, of injury years. Yeah. Guys, that's seven years. <laughs> I, Listen, just um, I just counted on my fingers. I just seven. A math major Ben Asker and crunched the numbers for us. We're not saying it makes sense. I'm just saying it happened. Uh, a red shirt and an injury red shirt. I remember James no. Green was absolutely ridiculous on the backside. 12-2 over LaValle. He teched Zeke Jordan 15-0. Jeez. Wow. 15-0'd him. Then uh, got a forfeit against Rubuto, who tore his knee up against yeah. St. John. Yep. 
And then he beat Ian Miller 13 to 1. I remember wow. that match. That was like it was He just, just kept doubling him and like picking him up very high into the air. And just slamming him yeah. down. <laughs> it we was were, very mean. It was like we were like kind of watching with like cuz Zeb was working with us that weekend and we were there and then he kind of like went off to watch it. We were like watching it and then it just started getting really bad. We're like, "Oh my gosh. All right, we'll just let him go." It was That it was, was right after Ian Miller messed up St. John. Yes, he messed up St. John, and then yeah. St. John got a forfeit against Robuto for fifth place that year. Um, Machine Gun Parati got it rolling, placing eighth for Rutgers, getting uh, over the Tom Tannis hump for, hump for, for Rutgers uh, when he beat Taffer. I didn't spare wrestle Tannis, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he wrestled the last Rutgers All-American before the first uh, Goodale All-American. Uh, Cody Arnold on Facebook said that Ness Avenge lost his to Pena Green and Miller to make the finals. Oh, wow. That he lost to him in the regular season. Pena teched him that year. RJ Pena teched Dylan Ness. I'm pretty sure that I, year. Wow. You can fact check that. me. I think it was at the scuffle. He destroyed Dylan Ness. Cody Arnold probably remembers that. Uh, it was, and probably Dylan Ness and RJ Pena do too. <laughs> Pena was really good on top. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, and. Miller cradled him at the scuffle. I remember mm. this. He's crunched up a near side cradle. Because I remember, all goes back to Zeb Miller. Zeb's like, he doesn't even do cradles. <laughs> He's like, he didn't even know how to do a cradle. He's like, I can't believe. Like, Zeb was like, well, he would kind of like undersell, like, how amazing his cousin was. Um, but, yeah, I, I remember that vividly now. Okay. That was 57. Crazy bracket. Maybe maybe one of the wilder ones. But 49 is a different kind of wild. It's like the it's like the um, um, car crash wild. <clears throat> Jason Sertzis, out of the five, ends up winning by a score of 4-1, 4-3, 2-1 overtime, 2-1 overtime, 3-1 overtime. But oh he got goodness. it done. Freshman NCAA champion over Kindig, who produced the classic 11 – Versus 15 semi. That was See, crazy. That was like, what is happening? Because what? Nick Dardanes, the two seed, yeah. this is this is part of the Minnesota issue. The Dardanes really struggled this weekend. Dardanes yeah. lost in round one to Matt Frisch of Citadel. But Christian, the, the quarters are the quarterfinals are 14 versus 11 and 10 versus 15. Like <laughs> so you, you, you knew something crazy you was have happening. A good semi. Yeah, it was impossible. Because Villalonga, this was not, this is just not a great way. Sakaguchi. Uh, Sakaguchi took out Villalonga by fall, which is. I, I don't remember that one. I, I don't either. Kindig beat Souflon. Sorry about that. Uh, oh, boo. He cheated. Uh, Nybert, VT stand up over Seiko. Virginia versus Virginia Tech match there. And then he lost to Minotti. Okay. And then I don't know what else we want to say other than James English coming <laughs> the from says uh, Dave Maple <laughs> instead of Kendrick. What? It goes Where? Kendrick Maple, <laughs> then it says Dave Maple. Who oh my God. What oh happened God. here? Who has made these brackets and it says Dave Maple in it? I, I can't explain. It's a, it's a Jason Nessa Dylan. That was I know. Annoying. At least I know how they got there. This guy just has a friend named uh, Dave Maple and thought he made the NCAA quarters. So Sertis beats Maple. Maple loses to James English of Penn State, who was not even the guy for much of the year. This was the Alton year, and then they had um, – Yeah. 
I think Bites might have been involved at, at different points in time. They ultimately go with English, who was like the at different points the third string. And he ends up yeah. getting on the podium seventh place. And without those points, they do not win NCAAs. And, That's so and crazy. The idea, if you told someone that James English beat Kendrick Maple at NCAAs in 2014, no, just no one would believe you. It's it's unbelievable no. that it would happen. Okay. So that was 49. Disaster. Devin Carter regenerated his hamstring <laughs> through science and sheer will. <laughs> He was done. The season was over. Thanks for the memories, Devin Carter, but this season is done. Just kidding. Rumors start to circulate after he got hurt at Vegas in a match against Joe Spizak, where he destroyed Joe Spizak, but then Spizak kind of comes back, but he still ends up majoring or teching him. It's totally insane. And then you're like, okay, Carter's done. It's not going to happen. Then rumors start to swirl. It's like, Carter maybe Carter's back in the room. Carter's starting to drill. Carter may be able to come back, and he comes back, and he wins ACCs, and then you're like, okay, what's he going to be able to do? And he makes the NCAA finals because Mitchell Port gets upset by Henderson, and Carter just destroys everyone on his half of the bracket. He goes um, pin, 11-7 over Dutton, 5-3 over Durso, then he majors Henderson, and then uh, Logan Steber happened. Yeah. Yeah, I— do you remember how big of an upset Henderson Report was? At least, at least for me. I mean, I just didn't yeah. think very highly of Evan Henderson. Mitchell Port was on fire that year. Port was so good. I mean, he went pin pin that year. He beat Zane in this bracket that year. It was one yeah. of those. Uh, uh, Henderson even talked about it. Like uh, Port was just like he liked to snap a lot, and he like timed the snap, and he snapped him right into his legs at a pivotal moment, and snapped him into a takedown. Um, for, for Henderson. And he, you're right, Henderson was, was good, but he, he made mistakes. He was kind of not the most – he he was um, yeah just not the most all over the place. consistent wrestler. He was definitely all over the place. But I'll never forget <laughs> when he pinned Hunter, Hunter Steber in a, in a cradle. He had some, like, big move potential, uh, but – He still does. He still does every once in a while. He'll beat someone. You're like, what? Where, where did he keep coming from? Evan Henderson keeps, <laughs> keeps icing people. He was wild. Yes. Now, Steber, remember, this Steber kind of runs through this bracket. He goes, pin uh, pin over LeVon Mays, NCAA finalist. Jeez. Tech fall over Anthony Colica, who would be a two-seed at NCAAs the, the next year, um, or two years from then. Uh, pin over Todd Preston, uh, the son of Rob Preston. Awesome dude. And then 7-3 over Rutherford. Rutherford beat him that year at Rec Hall. That was a that was a, crazy. That was a huge upset. This was the season of upsets, more, maybe more than any other year that I can remember. I mean, the idea of a true freshman yeah. beating Logan Steber, I don't care how yeah. good it was. Um, this spawned another Nick V fight with me and him because he like. Oh my goodness! Because I wrote in my preview, I was like, "There is no." I was like, "A true freshman." I think I said something like, "A true freshman, Kyle Dake wouldn't have a, a shot against Logan Steber. Like he's just on this sort of level." What? And then. And then, like, it was, like, in preview of that duel, and then Zane beats him. I was like, what the heck? It, it totally blew my mind that it, that it would happen. But then Zane would lose to him at Big Tens and NCAAs, um, but close. I mean, you look at look at Logan Steber's season, and he was so dominant, but he had that loss to, to Zane. Yeah, we talk the, about uh, the Dardanes um, that, you know, 
Port gets upset, and then <laughs> Dardanes has to hit him in the round of 12. Yes. Um, so, But he lost the laser on the front side to even put himself in that position. So um, that was – that hurt Minnesota bad that those two did not get on the sand. Yes, because um, yeah. Nick was the two seed and Chris was what? Six. The six. six. And they got like a combined yeah. like two points out of both of them. Yeah, if you would have put odds on, the, you know, both of them not all American, you would have got really good odds on that. You, you would have won a lot of money. Yes. I mean, that was so unexpected. Totally unexpected. Um, the other thing that I think is so fascinating and it just reminds me of looking at this bracket is how Zane transformed himself. His bonus yes. rate as a freshman was so low. Like I almost think I almost remember thinking that he was like a staller. He would just get that leg in deep, and he was so good at clinging on people's backs, but he would barely ever turn anyone. And then what he turned himself into a few years later was pretty amazing. Go back and watch his scuffle from 2014. I mean, he had a he had a close match with Spizak that year in the I think it yeah. was the scuffle final, or maybe it was a semi. The Zane was like winning. He was like he would maybe get a takedown, maybe not. He was really hard to score on, and he would ride. He was, I mean, yes. what he became from the 2014 version to the 2016 version was like, I it's one of the biggest jumps maybe we've ever seen because he went from yeah. really really it's, good like this guy will probably win national titles to this guy is one of the best to ever do it, and he was that good as a sophomore. Sophomore season was like yes. arguably one of the, his best, right? Um, yeah. We got three minutes. We got three minutes. All right. See, now oh we're starting changing the lightweights. See? This is what happens. So you, you got to well, do it. No, it's fair because you got to you got to give the upper weights some love sometimes, and then sometimes it's the lower weights. All right. So this this year was the year Tony Ramos won, but it was not his best year because he lost to AJ Shop this season. But then he broke him in he half in that crazy semi. Yeah, he got pinned by Cologne in the Midlands finals, but. Ramos goes through. He did not wrestle well this tournament. He yeah, had a tough he, draw, too. Yeah, brutal draw. 3-1 over Mac, who is always tough for, for a lot of guys to beat because he's so hard to score on. Zane Richards and, and Tony. Zane Richards wrestles everyone tough also. 6-4 overtime. 3-1 over Beckman, who was in on a takedown at some point in the match where he could have maybe forced OT. I can't remember how it all materialized. But Beckman gave him a match. And then... I don't know if he was losing late to shop or he had to score late, but he ends up putting him on his back in a, a brutal, brutal exchange where it looked like, oh my gosh, AJ, are you okay? Kind of thing. And then he beats Graf in tiebreakers because Graf tried to roll under and he catches oh, like a weird, what's he doing? a weird like chin and arm and, and turns him, got the two count and that was it. Because Cologne, but, I mean, Cologne was the best but, guy that whole year and got upset by Graf in the semi. The whole, and I remember watching Cologne kick Graf's butt in a dual meet. I watched Wisconsin versus Northern Iowa in that dual meet, and Cologne kicked Graf's Turned butt. Turned him up. Um, yeah. Yes, I think twice. But in that in that finals, Tyler Graf actually got the ride out prior to getting put on his back. And it's like, dude, you got the ride out. Just like do anything but go to your back. And you, you know, you don't lose. Yes, and he did. This was the one where Tony Ramos or Graf came out. So Ramos' big thing was the stare down. He yeah. stared down his guys, and Graf came out there and stared at Tony when he did that. And that, that was like a big contract. It was really like tense before it started. <laughs> uh, it was. Do you remember 
Tom talking about that in the flow yeah. film? Yeah, he's like, who told you to do that? He's like, did, did Barry Davis tell you to stare <laughs> at him? Get him, get him, look him right in the eye, and then you'll let <laughs> This is where Cody Brewer beat John Morrison when he was like zero and, and like five against Morrison at that point. Yep. And then he pinned him in a cradle. I remember that explicitly. It uh, blew my mind. Um, all right, we got to go. We got to go to 25 here quickly where – Nico lost to Nishan in the semis, and Delgado beat um, beat Nishan in the finals. Corey Clark beat Delgado, not this year, but during his career. He had beaten many of the great guys, but he lost to Delgado in this quarter. Joey Dance, VA stand-up, he really he had a breakout yeah. tournament here because he was the 16th seed, and he got uh, fourth, losing to only uh, Nico and Jesse Delgado. Really National nice. champs in round one. Nico Megalutis, Darian Cruz. Dang. Oh, my gosh. That's a wild round. Cruz placed as a as a true freshman. Um, he was yeah. kind of a – he kind of came on late. Uh, Do you remember that Clark-Lamar match? I feel like that was really crazy, and I can't remember how it ended. It was it was overtime. I'm looking at it. Earl, uh, Clark-Lamar? No, I don't. No, I don't remember it, actually. What round? Oh, seven six overtime! Holy smokes! No, I don't remember that. I feel like remembering it was crazy, but I can't remember how the match went down. I may we'll find it. Maybe it's on the site. Well, we went over. We gotta go. Sorry. All right, we gotta go. Sorry, twenty fourteen lightweights. Um, you don't get the love you deserve, but it'd be like that sometimes. You know what? The lesson is life's tough. You know what? Um, that's all I gotta say about it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are gonna be back tomorrow, same time. Tomorrow. We'll have plenty to get into, I'm sure. Uh, thanks so Metcalf much for Metcalf versus Rutherford tomorrow. What's that? Metcalf versus Rutherford. Woo! Get ready. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.